Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 16th chapter of Matthew. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah, the gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, how is it that you can love us so much, that you can trust us so much? You pour out unconditional love, we give back conditionally. You pour out grace upon grace, we stand ready to condemn. You pour out blessing upon blessing. We so easily forget or turn away from those blessings. So as we ponder the gift of your word this morning, the special gift of grace and love that is ours in Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are two aspects of faith. The first is called ascensia. It translates into ascent. It means that you know something is true. The second aspect is fiducia. Fiducia translates as trust. The difference between assent and trust 
I assent that this is a chair. I trust that when I sit on it, it will hold me up. Whether I can get back up off of this low chair is another thing, though. <laughs> Ascent says that this is the word of God. But assent without trust, meaning that we actively delve into God's word, that we actively respond to God's word, that we actively, as it turns out, follow Jesus. That's the trust part. These aren't just stories. This is God's word of truth, finally revealed in the living word of Jesus. So two aspects, assent and trust. In our gospel reading for today, both of these aspects are interwoven. When Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And note that he calls himself Son of Man. He's not only affirming that he's God's Son, but he's affirming his humanity, also his divinity. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And what do they answer? Oh, some say Elijah. Some say John the Baptist. Some even say Jeremiah. They're basing their comments, their replies, the people are, on what they are familiar with, what they've known in the past. It's the knowing, the assent part of it. But then Jesus asks his disciples the trust question. But who do you say that I am? You see, they can't answer that without the help of the Holy Spirit. And of course, Peter, I love Peter, because Peter helps me continue to be who I am. Because Peter jumps right in. Often I believe his mouth is speaking before his mind is engaging. And that has been my problem from the time I learned to speak. True. Actually, I didn't speak until after I was two years old. And then I learned to sing, and my mother said, we've never been able to shut her up since. Who do you say that I am? And blustering, blubbering, confident Peter jumps up and says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Trust. But it didn't come from Peter's head knowledge. It came from the power of God, as Jesus says. Peter, you didn't say this on your own. I know you better than that. It came from the Holy Spirit at work in and through Peter, giving him the confidence to go all in. Who do you say that I am? The son of the living God. And the fact that Peter calls him the living God where, when they're in the district of Caesarea Philippi is really important because this was a region that was just filled 
with all kinds of different gods. I mean, if you didn't like the god over here, you could go over here and find a different god that might answer your problems. They were everywhere, but none of them were the living God. And when Peter makes his faith-filled statement, filled up by the Holy Spirit, blessed are you, Jesus says, and he changes his name to Peter, which means rock. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church. Well, I don't know about you, but again, because I can identify with Peter, I would have wondered about Jesus' choice. On this rock, I will build my church. Sure, he got it right this time, but I don't want to steal the thunder from Deacon Nina, I think, who's preaching next week. Yeah. And Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You know, Peter's so human. On this rock, I will build my church. Peter's not only the spokesperson, the out front person for the disciples right there with and for Jesus, but Peter's the spokesperson for each and every one of us. And while Jesus didn't say, I'm going to change all of our names to Peter, he did change all of our names in the gift of baptism, child of God. And on this rock, I will build my church. A different kind of faith understanding than the people in that day and age were used to. It is a faith that is filled with both ascent, because they're coming to know Jesus, but it's even more built on trust. And isn't that what our faith is all about? Learning how to trust, being in community together so we can begin to trust, so that we can truly be the rocks, the solid foundation, the gift in the world that continues to display Jesus as being the son of the living God, the Messiah, the one who comes to save us. I always think that the Holy Spirit has such a marvelous way of working and interacting and bouncing down on just the right situation at the right time. We will get to the anniversary of faith but did you know that Tuesday is also the 60th anniversary of Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King making his I Have a Dream speech? If you're almost as old as I am, you can remember living through that time in history. And maybe if you're honest, like I'm going to be, you were just a little bit wary. I might even say frightened because it was something totally new to our primarily white Caucasian understanding. But it was certainly the fiducia, the trust faith 
that gave him and his followers the confidence to rise up in a nonviolent way and say, this is not what God intends, not for our people or for any people. And while it was a few years after this, it wasn't many, when I left my comfortable surroundings here in Forest Lake and went far away to get married. Now, the girl who couldn't spend the night at somebody else's house without getting homesick went to Africa. And on my first long layover in Frankfurt, and I want you to understand, in those days when you traveled, we did not have rolling suitcases. That's important, you know, because I could take 46 pounds because I was not going away for a week vacation. I was going away to live. And I had 46 pounds of luggage that I had to collect as I got off the plane in Frankfurt. I couldn't speak a word of German. I had no idea where I was going, and I was so dead tired I could hardly function. And the most beautiful, kind, compassionate, young African-American serviceman came up to me and he said, Ma'am, are you okay? And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> well, what do you need? And I told him, 18 hours from now, I get to get on a plane and go to Africa. But in the meantime, and he said, let me show you where you can stow your luggage. Let me show you how you can get to the train station and get into the main city and take a, a tour. Let me show you. Do you know how brave that was? Do you know how beautiful that was? And my concern for all of us, not just community here, but community everywhere in our country and in the world, is that we're stepping backward and not forward in terms of recognizing the beauty of all of God's diverse gift of humanity. Or what about this aspect of trust? The 135th anniversary of Faith Lutheran. Thank you, Brian, for that picture of Faith from 1906. Not the original church building, but now I hate to even tell you this. It's somewhat familiar to me because I was alive when the church burned. And if I'm remembering the story correctly, faith was growing and growing and growing. And they were landlocked and landlocked and landlocked. And there was no place to build on anymore. And just bursting at the seams. And what are we going to do? And one person said, well, we have to trust God. And one other person said, tell them to go and find their own church. We do that. We did it even after this building was built. Now, do not mishear this. I don't care if it's recorded. I am not saying that God burned the church down. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But out of the ashes, sometimes in faith, beautiful things rise up. Faith couldn't rebuild in the same spot. And look what was available, this beautiful land. 
And after, what, three or four years, Brian, of worshiping in the school, we had a sanctuary to come to and to be community in again. And in the meantime, do you know how, how the whole community reacted and helped and supported, even in those days where you didn't want your child to do intermarriage, meaning marry the Catholic that lived next door, you know? And the first thing that happened after the fire was that the school district called and offered the use of the school. And then, look what has blossomed at faith over these beautiful, wonderful, historic years. So, so many awesome things. And then, of course, there's been heartbreak. There's, there's been differences of opinion. But before the church burned, my family had been away for a while. And we came back to Forest Lake at the end of fifth grade, and I think there were a whole six weeks left of school. A terrible time to move, but a wonderful time because you made friends before the end of the school year. And for the first time since I was four years old, because the neighbors were so insistent, we went to Sunday school. And our Sunday school class was in the parish hall that was right next to the church. Little tiny bedrooms. And there must have been 12 fifth graders in this little tiny room with this beautiful teacher who spoke with the most quiet and gentle and beloved voice. Oh, Marlene, we're so glad you're here. Now the kids didn't feel that way. You know, they'd already formed their groups. But she continued to encourage me and to just be there for me. And of course, the same thing happened as sixth grade started. And I had another wonderful, beautiful teacher who knew that we were kind of new to the area and encouraged me. But the story about the beautiful voice Mrs. Leela Anderson. It turned out she ended up living in the same apartment building that my mom lived in. And when I came to visit mom, I saw her sitting on the patio. And so I went up to her apartment after a while and knocked on the door and I said, Mrs. Anderson, do you remember me? <laughs> oh, yes, Pastor Marlene. And I went, <laughs> no. I remember you. And then we visited and talked for a while, and I said, do you know, I don't think I would have ever come to the point of being a pastor if it hadn't been for you, because you were so loving and so kind. And you know what she said? That's not possible. That's the only year I ever taught. I was a terrible teacher, and I hated it. <laughs> Now, the point of the story is God's trust, the power of the Spirit, has continued to be at work here at Faith. And if you are one of those people who the Spirit's just been kind of niggling at the back of your head saying, you know, 
those kids really need somebody this year. Or, you know, I could get more involved in that refugee outreach program. Or, you know, I haven't seen my neighbor come out very much. Maybe I should just go over and visit and, and see how things are going at their house. Or, you could volunteer to write notes or make phone calls to people that are no longer able to come and sit in the pews because it's being done so beautifully and so quietly. And even if you don't do it for more than just a little length of time, you could have a whopping effect on somebody's life. I'm here to tell you. Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? How are you going to manifest, reveal Jesus this week? You know, he says to, the, says to Peter about binding, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's all about forgiveness. It's all about hanging on to the things that we shouldn't be hanging on to or letting go of the things that won't matter in the long run. Because all those things get in the way, not only of us loving one another, but of us loving God. They get in the way of how we say in living out our lives just who Jesus is. On this rock, I will build my church. But more importantly, for each and every one of us who can identify a little bit with Peter, who are sometimes right on the money, but more often than not feel like Maybe not today. Or, as Britta Dunkey told us last week, are those days when you don't feel like you're worth it? We are. Jesus says so. And Jesus is the rock that will never, ever leave, will never, ever abandon us. Who do you say that I am? Thank you, Lord, that you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen.